0: Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your hosts for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show.
1: Hey, what is going on, everybody? And Welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast, episode 115. We have quite the show ahead of you. We're going to be talking about that terrible America lost in the Clásico Jóven, what happened in that second half, and we're going to talk that dull and boring game uh, against Pumas, and then, of course, we're going to get you guys ready for the Clásico Nacional this upcoming Thursday. But before I go any further with tonight's show, let me introduce, as always, my co-host, New York's favorite resident, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite Cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Gentlemen,
2: how are we tonight, this fine evening? A little bit. No, I'm still disappointed over what happened over the weekend. Um, but hopefully we get had, had a different result on Thursday. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, and yeah, hopefully everyone uh, is having a, a good day today. Definitely, definitely happy that uh, we're back at this again. Dylan, how
1: is, uh, how's your Tuesday been? Oh man,
0: today was a long day. <laughs> it's been good though
1: that's good that's good to hear it's been a long week i think for a lot of us coming into this one but let's jump right into it and let's actually backtrack before we go into the cruz azul game and let's kind of set the stage because one game came before that and there was the america puma so let's start talking about that game So America ended up going up against Pumas after coming off a 2-0 win against uh, Toluca. And we were very adamant, very hopeful when we were talking about that show, uh, that episode in which we were kind of hoping that we were going to see the best side of America yet, Christian. But we didn't really get to see that. What was this game and why was it such a dull one?
2: Sure. So this game, um, kind of was like a, a piggyback off of the Luca game. Uh, Herrera repeated the same eleven, uh, except for Oscar Jimenez, he was in that. Um, honestly, to to, to answer your question about why the game was so dull and boring, is still a little bit. Uh, I'm still trying to piece it together in my in my head. Um, it seemed like we kind of had the the right approach in the first minutes, trying to come out with some intensity. But then as the game went on, I guess Pumas kind of figured this out a little bit, and then they started to have a little bit more uh, explosiveness in their game. Um, it wasn't until, uh, the, the injury came to their player, uh, Salceda, i I'm, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that his name was. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was giving us havoc on the left side. Well, on our right side, their left side. Um, and it wasn't until then where America kind of took re, uh, re, re- control of the game again. And that's a little bit concerning that, uh, one player was able to kind of break us apart, uh, like that, but it happened again in the Cruz Azul game in the second half. We'll talk about that more later. Um, so for me right now, I think America has a lot of work to do, especially in the midfield and on the wings, as we kind of expected.
1: No, yeah, definitely. And I think you mentioned the fact that it was very kind of unsettling, the fact that one player was able to pick apart this team, which actually had only one, one change. Like you mentioned, the Oscar Jimenez one in the first half, and you thought to yourself, well, this was the team that kind of washed all over Toluca in the first half. They should have been able to do something similar to Pumas, which we thought was actually coming into this game in a much worse situation because of that 4-1 thrashing to Cruz Azul that they have taken part of but now that didn't seem to be the case and we witnessed not just 45 a whole 90 minutes in which America did not look at all good for whatever reason nothing really clicked and I kind of want to talk in regards to maybe was it the tactics or or what do you what did you kind of get away from it Christian
2: well, for me, uh, like I reiterate again, you know, the midfield, we had no creativity. Uh, it was definitely something that we were lacking. Um, you know, for me, players are still being played out of position and we're not getting their their their, their full potential. And that's something uh, we lack considerably. Uh, we've seen the first half against Cruz Azul. You know, for me, Cordova was one of the better players until he kind of, you know, died down after after his goal. Uh, You know, in in this game against Pumas, we really didn't have someone to take control. You know, we still had Roger Martinez kind of drop back. But even when him dropping back, you know, there was no outlet to his, you know, kind of, I guess, attempt to create something. Uh, And and for me, that's 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 concerning. You know, we we also don't have any wingers. You take the ball to the wing and it's kind of like we're, we're a little bit clueless. We don't know what to do or we're just stagnant in our. In our decision making that you know Pumas kind of figured out what we were doing, so they kind of just counted us very easily and you know they didn't offer much too on on their side, so I guess that's what people thought the game was so boring because everything was so repetitive
1: definitely definitely now are we making too much of this or should this just continue to be what it is Dylan a preseason game
0: no, I think uh to some extent you wanted to the team to continue to show um the good promising signs that you saw back in the first game against Toluca um you didn't really get that um obviously though i had a little bit of trouble getting my stream going for the game so i missed out on a little bit but i remember you texting me saying that it was off to a bad start for the team uh not nothing something i wanted to hear and then i get to the game and uh you know i I see, I see i saw what you meant by having that bad start um i guess to some extent you know uh you want you want to see this team perform still you want to see this team uh taking steps as a, this preseason tournament progresses. I just felt like this team didn't take us any steps forward. I felt like it took a couple steps back.
1: Definitely. And I think that following game, whenever we thought we took one step forward, we definitely took three steps back. And we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show, but um, really, I mean, kind of just want to talk a little bit about the second half because we saw kind of the same rotation from Pio Correra uh, from the Toluca game into this Pumas game, implementing, bringing on a lot more of a young core and, as bright and promising as they looked in the Toluca game. In this Puma game, I wanted a little bit more from them, and they weren't able to break Pumas down, and they're still yet to grab a goal or even create a chance in which you thought, okay, this is definitely going to make something work. I mean, Vines was even implemented into this second-half team. Christian, what's your thoughts on it?
2: The second-half team is, uh, yeah, definitely they, they, they were struggling to kind of break down Pumas, and I think it's due to the fact that, you know, you have players who really haven't played with each other. Uh, you know, there, there definitely lack of chemistry there. Uh, but which is, which is concerning, yes. But for the most part, though, you did have players there who have played with each other on a regular basis. You know, in the, in, in the under twenties and stuff like that, right? So you, you would like to see more, I guess. Uh. I guess consistent in, in their uh consistent in their passing and maybe in their and some of the the, the decision making that they were that they were implementing, um so definitely it's still definitely a, a struggle to me as to why you know they couldn't even string you know a couple of chances together a couple of good chances because they did have chances but either then they either ended you know over over the net or you know they just got dispossessed.
1: No, Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, we know that in America, one of the hardest things as a youngster to break through the academy is actually getting minutes under an America belt and seeing how there isn't no more Copa Américas following up this year and how limited kind of this America team is in regards to games and all that stuff. I wonder if this preseason tournament is going to be the minutes that most of these kids ever get. And Dylan, something we talked about since the beginning of this podcast is there's always kind of been this bright, young potential talent, whether it's Ivan Moreno, whether it's, you know, X and X other players. Why do you think that they're not able to showcase enough of their talent when they get the opportunity?
0: Well, I think, you know, the the problem just runs deeper than just, you know, looking at this at this uh, uh question you're bringing up to me too i feel like it's something maybe you, you see a lot throughout the uh the league as well you know you want to see these youngsters get the minutes that they deserve i think um Ortega's a, a a pretty good idea of uh you know not getting what he deserved necessarily to whenever in terms of you look at the classuda um People want Aguilera Aguileta benched, you know. Some people want to know if they're gonna come in and and uh step up because because we saw the potential in him. He we felt like he was a little bit better than Aguilera at the time. But, you know, now we will never know because obviously he's with the Luka. Um but you know, at the same time I feel like you look at the season, you play everybody once, every point's gonna matter. And, you know, if these youngsters are really gonna show up necessarily uh every game of the preseason that they get a chance, then I just feel like, you know, people's looking in, like, why well, am I gonna give them minutes whenever the season really starts
1: yeah definitely definitely but i mean i guess the only positive thing to the youngsters is knowing how injury prone some of these starters are so who knows Maybe they will get some minutes, but uh, that pretty much wraps up the Pumas versus America. Not much really to take away from this game as well, because it is a draw. I mean, America looked semi-decent at some points of the match, but really there was no consistency in how America played. And that should have actually been the biggest concern going into this game. But I think we all had this tendency to write it off and say, it's just a preseason game. We'll be fine. More minutes, the more traction we're going to get. And it looked like that was going to be the case, but we'll get to that right now. But, I mean, really, anything else to add on about this, Pumas America?
2: No, nah, I think we, we hit the point.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean... I
1: agree. So now let's jump into what happened uh, not that long ago, America versus Cruz Azul. Let's talk that game. Let's recap it. What went right in the first half and what went wrong in the second half. So let's get started here. So America came into this game hoping to kind of cement themselves a little bit more in this preseason tournament. Cruz Azul was coming on to this one in a hot run. It looked like they actually picked off exactly where they left off in the league. So this was kind of a good test for America, knowing that they were going up against probably the best team in this tournament. Uh, it just kind of didn't go to the way any of us planned. I mean, things started off well with that Cordoba golazo, but really after that, America died off a little bit. And because of an own goal, it put Cruzul back on the drawing board and everything just went downhill afterwards. I mean, we'll talk about the second half in a little bit, but Christian, talk to me about the first half and that illusion that America gave us for the first opening 40, 45 minutes.
2: Yeah, so like you said, I think America started this game a little bit better than what they did against Pumas, which to me at first was a good sign because, well, like you said, Grissu is one of the better teams in the tournament, if not the best team in this uh, in this tournament. So to see us get off to a, a little bit of a good start and a better start than what we did at previous game, I was always a good. It's always a good sign, you know. You maybe you have a little uh, players clicking, you know, maybe they had a bad day the other day, so whatever. You know, you see you see some of these players uh, be a little bit more, you know, I guess all over the place when it comes to the offensive side. And, you know, I guess that's what led to the first goal, you know. Instead of Cordova being so stuck on the wing, we saw him kind of free room a little bit in the middle. And then that's what you, what you saw in the goal, in our goal. You know, Cordova makes a great play in, disp- in dispossessing the Kurosu player. And he takes a beautiful shot. And, you know, not, nothing nothing for the goalkeeper to do. We're up one nothing. We're feeling good. We're playing a little bit better. And then, you know, everything... Point to, to to be a good a good, uh, good half. Unfortunately, you know, the own goal happens, and then, you know, we kind of get uh, a little bit, I guess, flustered after that, and literally after that goal, America never recovered. After Cruz yeah. Azul goal.
1: Yeah, America was never the same, and let's talk about that own goal, but I want to backstep just a little bit. Dylan, as a goalkeeper yourself, like me, how annoyed are you, or how annoyed did you feel knowing that Cruz Azul scored that goal? There wasn't really a Cruz Azul scored it, but haven't conceded a goal after that amazing Ochoa save.
0: Um, remind me again who was it? I forgot who accidentally scored that own goal. Vinyes. Vinyes, yeah. It's it's just something that you you don't want to see. This obviously you don't want that to happen to you because uh uh then you you get down too Then you you lose your confidence throughout the game a little bit too. Um you know it's it's just pretty annoying you know um that the fact that you know you couldn't get a simple clearance from a header um out there i mean you look at it and i don't think Ochoa was able to come off the line you, you know one thing that you kind of criticize him on ivan is him coming off the line you know him being hesitant sometimes but i think uh at the end of the day you know you just got to look past it i mean it's one thing that everybody always says, let's, let's look past it, but obviously it never really seemed like America looked, looked past it after um, that happened.
1: Yeah, it it never really looked like that was actually the case. But, I mean, we, I think Dylan put the word perfectly in, in, in context, annoying, because I think that's the kind of sense that we got all watching it, and I think that was a sense that the players got as well. They were very annoyed at that point because – they knew that they went down by their own merits, not by Cruz Azul's. Because I think at that point, America had Cruz Azul in check. You know, they were moving the ball around more. They were getting Cruz Azul a little bit more tired. They they were actually playing exactly what we all hoped that they would have started playing. I think all of us were pretty surprised. And then that own goal comes in. And then I think mistakes or tendencies from last season uh, tend to sit in and again it's that same feeling that America isn't able to see out the game and America isn't able to manage a lead Christian going into the second half were you hopeful that America was going to continue kind of the good the good play that we were
2: seeing or did you have a sense that maybe this is about to go downhill well after looking at the substitutes that were made in, in the start of the second half, you kind of saw, uh, you know, a little bit how this game was going to go. Uh, you, you take out Richard Sanchez and, you know, you see that midfield completely disintegrate. I mean, Cruz just had a field day uh, in the opening, I guess, 20 minutes of the second half. And that's ultimately where they scored their, their, their next three goals. Uh, and you're, you're thinking to yourself and you're like, wow, like what happened in that dressing room? From the time for that players went to that dressing room, 20 minutes on uh, now, like what happened in that time span and a lot of you know miss misplay, you know, miscoordination of part of our team. Uh there not we connected, nothing going we came between a couple passes together, everything was going downhill. Um, I guess after the second goal, uh players just like in a sense, just like kinda chalked the game. They were just like, you know what? Whatever, it's whatever, and then they they just kinda went about the, you know, their business. Um, it, and it's still, it, it's disheartening to see because players like, you know, Escobar and, and Leo Suarez, you know, those are the players that need to need to step it up. And for the most part, they, they were just shut out again in the second half. Yes, I know due to the scoreline, but you know, you, it's still, it's still a preseason game. You know, you still go out there and play like a zero zero throughout the whole match and you play to show your worth. And most of these players didn't. And, you know, I guess that's the that's the most disappointing part as well, that players who need to step up, who need to make an impact, are just not, you know, are not doing it. They're not showing up.
1: No, yeah, definitely. I think the best way to kind of summarize this, to kind of put this into context is, it was a very Sunday League-esque type of crumpling down, right? Of course, so, yeah. Because I think you get an early goal by Cruz Azul, and then I think you see heads go down which uh, is the last thing you want to see on a pitch, especially in a preseason game. Like you mentioned, Christian, you're in tryout mode in a sense. You're, nothing's guaranteed at that point. While some may argue differently that some players already have their spots set, but I think especially if you're one of those players that got substituted in, I think you would have wanted to hustle and move 110% and do anything and everything for, for your team to kind of showcase yourself and say, look, I am a potential for a starter. And that wasn't really the case for any of the players, honestly. I mean, you saw Roger go back to his old tendencies. He, you know, got flustered, frustrated, was a little bit of a ball hog, and never really was really sprinting when he needed to, right? He lost the ball, and he kind of just let it go. Uh, Escobosa, again, I mean, he had some fight to him, but I think a little bit of being trying to be off trying to showboat a bit kind of cost us a goal when he could have cleared the ball a lot better. I think he was trying to maybe flick it over someone and that cost us a goal. I mean, it was just, it was terrible all around and there's really no one player that you can actually say they had a good game. And I think that's the most worrisome part about this is now we've gone through the first three games and America miraculously makes it into the second, into the knockout stages due to some results going our way. but you're not
2: confident in this team any more so than you were at the start of the season. Yeah, no, and, and I guess that's the worst thing to to get out of a preseason. I think after a preseason tournament, you should, you know, while not expecting the, the best results, you can still expect something. Okay, you know what? You know, okay, this game didn't go our way, but at least, you know, we have a plan. At least we kind of have an idea of where this team could be if said players were on the pitch. Said players were on the pitch and, you know, things just didn't go our way either. You know, you, you look to improve upon. But honestly, with the way we've been playing across these three games, there's, you know, it's, it doesn't, doesn't look good for us now. That can that completely really change on Thursday. I mean, definitely. You know, we could have some flip in the switch and then we could become the best team in the world again, uh, in the league again. No, uh, so, yeah, you're right. The world. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll go with the world. That's fine. <laughs> so, you know, that, that can happen, of course, but, you know, as these previous games have shown us, you know, it's not very hopeful. And it sucks because, you know, we expect, we, you know, we think high of our team. We, we, we expect the best from our team. But, you know, when, when they're giving up performances like that and, you know, when they're not kind of showing off on the pitch, especially in the classical like that, you know, that's just downright embarrassing, right? I don't care if it's a preseason game or not. You know, you shouldn't really be losing four one to your rivals like that. um So hopefully this team can flip a switch on Thursday because we really need to.
1: Definitely. Dylan, in your best uh, cowboy way, can you describe America's second half?
0: I just don't think you describe it. I mean, I feel like we've kind of just picked up from where we uh, kind of picked off uh, Christian, excuse me. Uh, I just feel like we kind of picked up where we uh, left off in the class so maybe, you know, a little bit, you know. And that too. I mean, we've always talked about this team and consistency and I mean the, that word consistency lives on this podcast a lot, Ivan, and you know that. It <laughs> uh, <that, hey>, lets you rent free. And so and so you, you just you just don't see that yet still. And you know, especially whenever we talked about um the team heading into the Toluca game against uh uh, into the Duluth game and what Piojo has stated, you know, you know, he's rejuvenated his thinking, you know, he's rejuvenated the team and the way they're going to play. I mean, I still feel like we haven't seen that overall and, and, you know, it, it's, it's frustrating. Um, yeah. It's preseason. Um, you know, I get it. You know, uh, people are still good at that. So people are still going to say, you know, once we get the team gets more minutes, um, you know, then we can see more, but you still want your team to go out there, especially after the, not necessarily. I wouldn't say a great game. I mean, it was a decent game against the Luca, but then you re- you regress each game. I mean, it's, it's it's a little worrying to you a little bit, and you got to wonder, you know, what, what the hell's going on to some extent. You know, as you know, you you head into night runs now. You're getting closer to the season season starting now, and so you're just kind of wondering, like, you know, are we gonna are we gonna see this again? Come match day one, I mean, are we gonna see this? Are we gonna see this inconsistency again in the Aventura? I mean. I just feel like those questions um, are going to be unanswered until we actually get to that point.
1: No, yeah, definitely. And and I think you mentioned it, right, inconsistency and having to, f- again, go back to the drawing board. And it seems like this is a cons- constant thing for this America side. And you think by this point, you know we'd have something better, but you're right, Dylan, we keep regressing. We go from good to bad to now worse. And hopefully it doesn't get worse because worse is not even a word. And I'm just hopeful that America can pick it up. But like you mentioned, Christian, we can flip the switch on Thursday and then we could be completely uh, at a different subject come next Tuesday. And what we're talking that maybe America events to the final and won the Copa Mekis. Like that's how fast it quickly. This kind of pace is going right now in, Mm -hmm. in America. Of course. But I think we need to be realistic, even if America gets to the stage and even if they get to the list of trophy. I think we still have to come back to these games and think, okay, what went wrong and what what can we learn from this to make sure that America doesn't make these same mistakes and actually outgrows from all of these kind of bad tendencies that they tend to, you know, have or have been having for the past year or so. So I think that is the kind of the key thing we got to take away from this. Again, it is just preseason, and whilst. We're America, and America is always going to have this kind of constant pressure that no matter what game you play, no matter if it's a preseason game or not, you're kind of entitled to win every single game. And yeah, that's a lot of pressure, but you are the institution that you are. So you kind of have to, you know, hold hold to your own standards. And now the question begs is America going to flip the switch like Christian mentioned. We'll have to wait and see. But we'll talk about that and we'll talk about exactly what America needs to do in order to flip that switch. But we'll get into that in just a little bit. But Anything else you guys want to talk about this America Cruz Azul game that really stood out to you? Any player? I I mean, I I want to say that I haven't really seen much of Vinas. um, And I am worried because we're putting a lot of faith in this kid. And yes, I granted he's had two games, 45 minutes and each game and can't really take too much off of that. I know. But. I don't want him to be a one uh, a one season wonder. You know, Mm -hmm. you want him to be a consistent player. Do you feel like he can be that, Christian? Because I will go out on a uh, on a line here and say that if Ivinas is the player who we think he is. He can, without
2: doubt, be the top goal scorer for this upcoming season for América and even for the league. Mm -hmm. No, I think he can. I, I I think that you know, whilst you know he had a great season. In this first one, um, I, I still think right now he, he needs a little bit more of the men. So I, that's why I think I'm hoping he gets to start on Thursday, uh, whether it be alongside Roger, whether it be alongside Henry. Uh, I just hope he gets to start um, right now. I don't think we'll, we'll see anyone play a full 90. So I guess to answer your question, uh, I think we're going to have to wait till the season actually starts. Because I think that's going to be able to finally, I guess, give players, you know, 90 minutes to, to really show their worth. And then you you come back to me in about you know week three, and then I'll give you a little bit more of, of an insight on Venus. But for right now, I think he still needs a little bit more time. But definitely, though, I think with giving the minutes, giving, giving the right play style, giving the right you know, I guess consistent, you know, I guess um chemistry and performance, I I think I he could definitely be the top goal scorer in this league for sure.
1: Definitely, and one bright thing that we actually take away from this crucial game, which probably is the only first forty-five minutes, is also. The very good start the youngster Nevada had.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, oh, of course.
1: I, I don't understand which one it is. But, um, yeah, he had such a good first half making cut through passes, just splitting that Cruz Azul line and really putting in, you know, a, a daggering ball exactly where they needed to be. Mm-hmm. The question is now, does he get more minutes or do we see a more
2: kind of Experienced midfield coming into this América Chivas game. No, like honestly, he 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 blew my mind a little bit. You know, I, I I did not think that uh a guy a guy was gonna like a kid like that was gonna make the empire like he did at that game. You know, granted it was only forty five minutes or whatever, forty or fifty or whatever he played. Cause I know he got subbed off on the on the second half, like early in the second half, right? But. But the performances that he that he was giving out on the pitch in those in that limited time, I think caught my eye. It caught a lot of people's eye. Um, you know, we have comments like like Chicken Little saying that he's already better than Austin Gassidis. You know, while well, well, that is a bold statement, you know the kid the, the kid was the the, the the kid was playing. You know, and I think that's what you want in a kid like that fearless. Uh, you know, don't let the pressure get to you. You go out there and play your game. Definitely playing his game on uh, against Cruzeiro. So. Hopefully we get to see more of him, but I think on Thursday, I think we'll go with a little bit more experience. Um, you know, we're, we're still yet to see Casadis play uh for 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 what it's worth. So I think I think uh I think Casadis would, would be would be an interesting um an interesting choice for Thursday as well. Yeah, definitely. And
1: you know, like Chris said, um, you know, he was playing with a confidence in the midfield that. Of course, kind and of- I, that's what you want in in the young kid, for sure. Exactly. It's exactly what you want. But then again, you know, he kind of died out in the sense the same way that he saw the team kind of fall off. And I think a little bit of uh, how much responsibility he took on that second goal kind of fell on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. you know. No, for sure. So but again, the kid has a bright future if he continue to kind of prove himself. I think he's one of the kind of players that actually, you know, you can see he has a future in this America side if he can continue
2: to do the work. You know, I think mm-hmm. he'd be a great player to come off the bench. No, of course, yeah, you know, and obviously he's gonna be battling with also for that put for that spot, you know, because I think if you're Rera and if Casares is healthy, uh, I I think you kind of have your midfield duo in Casares and Richard Sanchez. So I guess you know a good player off the bench to kind of you know relieve some of the some of the stress off of off of um off of either or uh is definitely needed. Um can you be the player of course you just need, you know you need to keep doing you and keep putting in the effort and the and and, and demonstrate to be why you deserve to play to play for the first team now i think a little a little uh, thing we need to discuss is you uh, know i saw in the comments i don't know who made it um but on the left side you know we we don't have a left side winger yet um you you can put godova there or you want you can put Gio there all you want neither or is a, for me is a true winger on in a sense so you're still missing that and you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it raises a good question, like, who will be on the left? You know, you still have Bodwin. who, you know, we still haven't really mentioned a lot because he, he's been out uh, with, with a little injury, so we haven't really got, got MC to play, but when he comes back, who can rival him on that left side? You know, I don't think Roger wants to go back there this season. I think, I think he really wants to cement himself as that kind of, you know, pair to the striker, so who else, buddy, Bodwin, can play that left side?
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's the most interesting thing about it, and I think we'll talk about it more on, on next week's podcast when we start kind of previewing the season as a whole and the squad and how much depth we actually have in each position. But that is, I think, the most some signs, and I think it's exactly why I had been flagging that wing position every transfer window is because we knew eventually this day would come, and now it's here, and how does America approach it? Well, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but they need to bring in – Uh, A winger, that is uh, for sure. They need to bring in a winger. And I think we'd be pretty much set. I mean, you can bring in two wingers, a Mexican winger and just kind of uh, a foreign winger. But I think, you know, you need some depth in that wing because it it is going to come bite you later on down the season if you don't have that depth. And I think any team that doesn't have depth at this point is really going to suffer in in the long haul. But uh, you guys mentioned Piojo real quickly. How much blame does Piojo take in this game? And I've started seeing a lot of Fuera Piojo tweets already. Oof, in, I saw them. Uh,
2: uh, I saw them as soon as the second goal uh, came for <laughs> Cruz
1: Azul. <laughs> I mean, Dylan, are people being a little bit too antsy that they, they had to bring up their saved drafts of hashtag Fuera Piojo for this one?
0: Yeah, I just think a, a Ted anti. I mean, look, we talked about this too um whenever we whenever we're preview previewing the tournament coming up and then obviously a little bit um uh, talking about the, the future with Pyoho. Um I still don't see who steps in if Bioho leaves. I honestly don't. I think uh Bioho is still the right guy for the job, but I do think you kinda give him that time crunch of bringing in a title somewhere in the in the near future instead of down the line like his contract extension is like in 3 years or something like that you're going to want something i think within a year uh from piojo um so i i just i just i just don't think it's 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 a it's a good move for the club at the moment um but he's not our sir alex ferguson ivan so get off that
1: Ah <laughs> oh, man, you know what? I- I'm still hopeful that he's gonna win like back to back league champions, and for some reason the Queen of England's gonna wanna knight him, and we're gonna be calling him Sir Miguel Piojo Herrera. So we'll we'll still so, still still holding on to that dream until that dream is long gone. But you're right. Uh like you mentioned, Dylan, a bit antsy right there. And Christian, I think you can agree that maybe We should have cooled it down a little bit. I think. uh, I I think some of the players deserve as much blame as Piojo does. And I think uh, you can't blame Piojo for making the substitutions, right? You you want him to kind of rest some of these key players too, because at that point you're like, okay, the game's kind of thrown away. Why are you going to risk some of the more kind of important players? Put on a little bit more of the bench. Just let them have the game out. See what they can manage of it. Mm-hmm. But I think once you saw that third goal going, you, you knew what the outcome was going to be. So
2: why risk some of your players? No, of course. And, you know, the, the chat make good points, you know. This team lack, lacks a lot of a lot of depth, and you know we really haven't seen quality replacements come in. Yes, I understand, you know the crisis that we're in, and I know that you know we really can't, you know, I guess so and so afford, you know, said set, set players. But you also got got to think of this, uh, you know the the, the players that stayed, you know, they they were the ones kind of in a way crying for for more minutes, or crying for more attention, or crying for for a more important role. And now that it's kinda it's kinda here, you know, it's it's time to show up. It's time it's time to prove why you've been crying for all these minutes and why you've been crying for all this attention. So, you know, I, I'm looking at you, Roger. I'm looking at you, Henry, I'm looking at you, Ibarguin. Uh granted he hasn't played, but you, you know the sense I'm going with. Um, you know, it's time for players like these to step up and really imp- demonstrate why they're they're on this team.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, I a hundred percent agree. But that pretty much wraps up America versus Cruz Azul. And we'll just kind of leave it at that terrible game preseason. Of course, we read some of it. We don't try to read too much into it. And now, fortunately, because of a result uh, between America and Toluca, in which they drew 0-0, America is able to go into the semifinals of this Copa por Mexico, which is going to be played out this week. First game uh, of that semifinal is going to be Tigres versus Cruz Azul. That's going to be tomorrow Mm. on Mm. Wednesday. And that should be an interesting one. But, uh, of course, we'll talk about Chivas versus America because I know that's what you guys came here for, the Clásico Nacional talk. We'll get to that right now. But first, we're going to update you guys on everything in the world of Las Aguilas de América, which there isn't much of an update. But there is quite the transfer rumor that has surfaced that our good correspondent here, Christian, has said has about a 20% chance of actually coming to life. Now, but before we get there, there's kind of a backstory to this, Christian, because we're talking about Cecilio Dominguez possibly coming back to Las Aguilas de la América, and you're going to talk up to us about the details and you're going to explain everything. But first, I do want to reiterate that America is still owed about $3.2 million, I believe, of the Cecilio Dominguez transfer. And if I'm not mistaken, Independiente is the team, right? Correct. Correct. It- they need to pay back America the money, correct? Right. So now, I'm gonna let you kind of talk in regards to what this rumor and all this is, and then we'll kind of jump back into that because there's kind of a certain little thing that I want to discuss in that sense.
2: Sure. So the the, the term of the of the financial um you know situation with, between between the two clubs has, has been going on for like about a year or so. Um, you know, the, the news kind of came out last year that supposedly this team had, had um had a little bit of financial uh, you know you know debts or whatever uh and you know america wasn't going to get paid uh so you know america was kind of nice enough i guess to kind of let them co- pay it, uh, you know give them a little more time to pay it unfortunately they didn't comply so then they went to fifa and the fifa ruled that they had to pay uh x amount of money for uh to america which was around like, the total 3.2 million um plus i think uh, uh in, like an extra like late fees or something like that right uh so you know that, that that's still up in the air. Of course, um, you know they're they're gonna appeal appeal the case. You know because why why did they want to pay the money because you know why not whatever. So you know that 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 saga is gonna continue for a little bit. But you know talking about Cecilia Dominguez though, um, you know this is a player that uh for right now he 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 isn't really happy uh at the club due to I guess you know salary issues uh you know and I guess just overall play style he, he he's not happy he he has mentioned uh to us. Well not to us, but to us I know him personally, so we kinda, you know, talk on WhatsApp once in a while. Um he's no no double if you guys haven't noticed. He, he's mentioned to the to the Argentine press <laughs> that, you know, he he doesn't want to be there anymore. And he has mentioned um, about coming back to America, which is not the first time we, we hear this. Um, we, we did hear this about a year ago as well when all this was going on. Um, and when when the first reports came out that you know players were in game paid another player that wasn't getting to play actually was Silvio romero ex america player i'm sure you guys all remember all, all remember him um so yeah the, the, these are all reports uh, gearing back to a year ago and they kind of resurfacing now again is there truth to them um there is a little bit uh but that's why i said there's maybe like a 15 20% chance happening don't get your hopes up uh whether you like him or not you know this could be an, an interesting an interesting uh, factor to us because i think i mentioned to ivan off camera this player silvia dominguez is exactly like see Badrigan, they're almost identical to me. When they're hot, they're hot, and they contribute a lot. But when they're cold, they're frozen, and we don't want—we don't want them all on the pitch. We want them off the pitch. And now uh, this, is, this is about the time where we start seeing bad words start TV when they start, uh, when they start, you know, doing do, doing their thing, and again dispossessed every single second of the of the match. So um but could it be the depth that we need possibly honestly i can't speak too much about sicily because i haven't really watched him in this time in argentina so you know something i would have to look upon if the rumor does get a little bit stronger but that's where that is right now
1: interesting definitely definitely interesting like you mentioned and i like i mentioned to you squad depth is very important and he would add to that but is he the right player for us i mean we'll talk about it in a sense but quickly Yes or no. Sessi Gold, Would you want him back, Dylan?
0: Only if he's a to chip Southie Bud next time. I'm only <laughs> here for that.
1: <laughs> he, he only comes back for one for one game out of the season.
0: Yeah, that's a going to chip him. Okay. It, it, I, I would I wouldn't mind that. Just, you know, just a simple chip and just the stare down as he runs. Oh, from, we get towards the corner. <laughs> we, we
1: we we find a way to add that to the intro. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, but no, uh, I'm I'm not for it. I don't I don't really want Cecilio back. I mean, it just it just felt like you know whenever you had him, you know he had his good run. Then then an injury started to come a little bit. You know he, he like Christian said, you know if he goes cold, then he's gonna stay frozen for a little bit. And then I just uh, I just felt like toward the end of his time with the Medica, his just attitude just changed, and he was ready to dip. You know he's gone. And, you know, now he's not happy. So, I mean, what can you do?
1: Definitely. And I think Dylan put it perfectly, injuries. Again, how many times have we gone into a buying uh, proposition and came out kind of on the bad end because we keep putting our faith in these injury-prone players? And, I, okay, I, I get it. You you play in a sport where you're liable to that. Every player is liable to being injured. But there's certain plays that you know just are going to frequently get injured And Cecilia Mingus kind of falls in that category. How many times was he on fire and then gotten a little bit of a knocking training and then somehow that little knock turned into a month's time recovery. So I think Dylan's right. We don't need that right now. We need consistency in the squad as much as we need it on the pitch. And I think we need to kind of look away from this. And even if there's that 20% chance of him coming, I think, they should get squashed and be turned into a 0% chance because we don't need that type of player back in the club. While, yes, he does add depth, I don't think he adds more to the talent pool. And that's what we really need to build up on. So I don't know if anything else you want to kind of talk about in regards to that Cecilio Christian.
2: Uh no, I think you guys are 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 hot on, or uh, especially on the injury part. You know that's something we don't need right now. You know the last thing we need is injuries. You know for for once we 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 think we're gonna have a, a vast squad. You know part Benedetti who'll be joining us kind of in early early mid September. Uh, so that's always a good a good news for us. Um, so no, we don't need that right now. Um, and I guess well from from what I've been seeing right now uh on on, on Twitter. Uh, a lot of fans aren't really happy with Cecilia right now, uh, whether it be because of his actions or what he said, but uh, they just don't don't think he right now he's a, he's a good uh, a good player for them. So I, I guess that alone just kind of you know tells me that you know maybe things aren't going well in and, maybe he wants to have some fans in Mexico. I guess the rumors aren't true to that, but we'll see we'll see what happens though. Uh, but I guess if you really want my opinion on it, I, I, I think we pass on on Cecilia.
1: Definitely, definitely. Well, what a week it's been for America. From being rumored to getting William from Chelsea to now falling into the stumbles of getting Cecilio Dominguez. Off independiente the topsy world and if you guys want to know everything going on in the world of america make sure you guys follow us over on twitter at eli podcast and a good our good friend right here christian is going to get you guys updated in everything in regards to the transfer window like i mentioned first thing he does before he even brushes his teeth in the morning (laughs) is make sure that he knows what is going on in the world of the transfer rumors for you guys so uh again make sure you guys follow us over on twitter for that sense but we've gotten to the Uh, to the main point of today's podcast, the Clásico Nacional, where everyone came here to listen and to talk to. It's América versus Chivas, Chivas versus América. Chivas will be flying into La Ciudad de México. They're going to be playing over in Seúl. And uh, actually, before we get to that, I just want to quickly reiterate, América's season for the uh, upcoming, what would be called Apertura, now it's called Guardianes is actually uh, out. Christian did a great job in letting you guys know, kind of highlighting the big games. Before we even get to this America versus Chivas game, I quickly just kind of want to get you guys' two cents on, A, the uh, official announcement of the league name being changed to Guardianes 2020, and B, about America's roster, which we will go into more detail in another episode, but how are you guys feeling about America's start and end to the season? Because those are two completely different things. Go ahead, Christian.
2: Uh, okay. Well, first off, on the on the on the name, I think it was a great touch. Um, definitely uh, respectable in in every sense of the way to to kind of dedicate the, this tournament to everyone who who has been a part of this uh, of this you know of this pandemic, and it it was definitely a great touch. So I applaud uh league Max for doing it. Now, in terms of our schedule, it's 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 really interesting to see this. Uh, we we kind of start off the season with you know. I guess a little bit more on the, on the easy average end side, if you will, I don't know any team who we play against uh, in that time period, but the closing of the, of the season is, is where, is where we need to watch out because we have some of the toughest game in the world. And for this, I guess, I, I don't know the last time this happened. I think I should have looked this up would have been the cool side to know, but for the first time we have three classic back to back to back. Uh, and that's definitely something interesting. And I, I don't think that plays favors to us at all. Uh, I think that's probably one of the worst things that can happen. So this season, having that pro- amount of pressure for a whole month straight is definitely not good for us, especially with the form they're in right now. So hopefully by that by that time by that time period, I hope we, we we got our we got our act together because yeah, this this closing of the season is gonna be insanely hard. Definitely, definitely. Dylan, your two cents on all this?
0: Yeah, just kind of uh, the same way, you know, just uh, a big big round of applause, you know, to uh, the frontline workers and uh the this pandemic right now too but i just think uh you know like christian said that those three classicals in a row i mean that's just gonna be they're gonna be killer week. <laughs> Two or three weeks i mean i wasn't expecting that whenever um i saw the schedule um but really i think it's that second half uh that's gonna be it's gonna be tough um i i, I that's something to uh, Whenever we talk about uh, the season, Ivan, I mean, you know, you always mention you play everybody once, you know, you want, you want to get as many points as possible uh, as you go through the season. So I think that's going to be the part where, you know, you're going to have to buckle down and, you know, walk away with, uh, with key results.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Well, like I said, mention go more into detail every single, not every single game in our preseason episode, but we'll get into details about the uh, about the schedule and all that stuff, and the double jornada is coming up. But that that pivotal point in the season where you have three clasicos in a row, there is no turning point after that. Uh, like like Chris uh, like Dylan said, you gotta buckle up and get ready for it, and uh, no need to go to the barber for that time period because I think a lot of us are gonna be already ripping our hairs out. So that should already do wonders for us. But like I mentioned, we'll get. A little bit more of that detailed information when we do talk and, and preview the upcoming season. But just kind of wanted you guys get you guys' two cents on all of that. But now, let's talk Chivas versus America in the semifinals of the Copa por Mexico. Now, I would say this uh, in the most lighthearted way possible, but two teams that are coming into this game on two different spectrums, it's Chivas coming into this with a much better run of form. Uh, Of course, they have been playing at home. I don't know how much kind of that actually influences on their games, but now they're kind of in away territory and in a more familiar environment where America has been playing. So I don't know, again, what that might do for this game. But America coming into this one in such poor, poor form in comparison to what Chivas is. How are we going into this one, Christian? How excited are you to see a Clásico Nacional so early in the season? But again... How skeptical are you of this America side walking into the semifinal?
2: I'm always excited whenever we play Chivas, whether it be in 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 preseason, in FIFA, in marbles, in dice. I don't care when we play Chivas; it's always hype when we play Chivas. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, in terms of of this of the match and the gameplay, um, I think I think both teams come in in about the same over uh, same same form, I guess. Um, both teams, I guess, below average in a sense. Um, and it's crazy to think that we've been saying that because. You know, a few months ago, we were not light years ahead of Chios, but we were definitely a, a way better team than uh, than than what they have to offer right now. And from the from the looks of their games, you know, they really haven't improved that much. So to say that we're coming into the same form, it just means that we downgraded. And uh, like I said earlier, I really hope we flip the switch because I know we have the better team. I know we have the better squad. It's just to 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 get playing on that day is going to be the question. And hopefully, people can find out a way to. To, to, to kind of cope with this and kind of get them all playing together because, you know, it is a Classico at the end and, you know, we definitely don't want to feel the specialness my final All
1: right, Christian, you talked about flipping that switch and we'll talk about exactly what we think America needs to do in order to flip that switch. But before we get there, let's talk about potential starting eleven and what we might see in this upcoming Clásico Nacional in the semifinals, first question I'm gonna throw to you, Dylan: Does Oscar Jimenez get the nod, or do you stick with Ochoa in this game? Because there's been sets of rotating goalkeepers in this tournament.
0: Uh, yeah, I just think it's kind of uh, a little hard to say, you know. I think whenever we first start, uh, Ivan, um, <laughs> me and you both expected Oscar Jimenez to start, uh, but you know, we did it. We saw Ochoa start, and then the second game comes. You saw Oscar start and then, you know, you get Cruz Azul and Ochoa start. So I I just feel like it's kind of a toss up (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) I just just don't I just don't uh, know. But I think if I had to if I had to guess, I I have a good feeling that the sticks with Ochoa uh, in net against Chivas this coming Thursday.
1: I have the same gut feeling. I just kind of wanted to get your kind of opinion in this because I know we kind of did have that back and forth at the beginning of this. We were for sure thought Jimenez was going to get the first game, but no, it was Memo. But now, Christian, I'm throwing it over to you. Now that we've kind of established a goalkeeper, I kind of want you to give us your two cents in regards to what you think Biola is going to put out on the pitch formation-wise, player-wise, and then I think we can go from there if we establish kind of a, a baseline starting eleven.
2: Sure. So I think yeah, I think he's going to go with the classic four-four-two. you know, whatever. Uh, if you want to give my starting, oh, what I think my starting living should be, um, or what I think he's going to put out, uh, me trying to be Pioja right now. Um, he'll have Ochoa in that, probably. Pablo Aguilar, Bruno Valdez, Emmanuel Aguilera, and Luis Reyes. I know people are going to say Aguilera, but, you know, that's probably his go-to guy right now, and that's probably he's not going to change that. Hopefully he does. Hopefully we do see Cazares play in that CB position, but <sighs> a guy can dream. Then, we, then we're probably going to have Richard Sanchez and also Gonzalez in the midfield. Uh, we'll have Giovanni on one side, Cordova on the other side, and then most likely Henry and Roger up top. Henry and Roger, no Vines then? No Vines, no. And then who did you say the midfield was? Uh, also on Richard.
1: Also on Richard. Oh, unfortunately, we don't get to see the youngsters start. That is, no. that is a bummer. That yeah, is a bummer. Well, a bummer. hopefully he, he gives us kind of a twist and puts in, like you said, this in the center back. He puts, mm-hmm. uh, you know,
2: I hope it was like Leo kid. on the on the on the wing, you know, instead of instead yeah. of Gio.
1: Yeah, and then hopefully we get to see Vina. But I could, like you said, a guy can dream. A guy can dream. We can dream, only yeah. dream so much, and Pyoho will slap us with reality come Thursday, or probably tomorrow. We know that he likes oh, to move yeah, out his formations mm-hmm. pretty early, so we'll have to wait and see. But so let's just kind of roll with that formation, right? And let's kind of roll with that. Because I think even if you put one player out of, you know, take one player and put another, I don't think too much changes. And I think America is kind of in the situation that no matter kind of who plays, you kind of have an understanding of what their role is and kind of what people wants them to do. So knowing exactly the formation and kind of going off our hunches exactly who is going to play, how does America necessarily actually Flip the switch on what happened against Cruz Azul and actually
2: implement something to take a victory a- away against Chivas, Christian. So I think you have to look at I guess Gio and Gordova to kind of be the guys to really, uh, you know, be the guy that creates the play, be the guy that puts the pass, be the guy that starts the play. You know, they have to be the ones to control the the the, the game and. I think we saw a little bit of that uh, in the first half against Cruz Azul. Um, Cordova, I guess, in that kind of camp position was really, was really doing wonders. And uh, for me, I think that's something that we need. We need someone to, to have that creative mind to, to kind of be the guy that said, all right, listen, give me the ball and I'll try to make something. And, you know, to have a player with that confidence, with that knowledge is definitely key to us because we definitely got creativity against Cruz Azul in the second half. We liked it against Muma's, and we liked it against in the second half against DeLuca. Uh so you know, we need a player like that. And if either or can step up and do that, that that will be great for us. Another player that I need to see more of is Richard Sanchez. You know, for me this past three games, he's been he's been decent, not to the Rich Sanchez that we know he can be. So if he can go back to kind of like that form and kind of, you know, take uh, you know, take precedence on, on the pitch. Be that be that big guy on the field, um, in that midfield. I think we we're, we are we're in good uh we're in good shape at least to start.
1: No, yeah, I agree, and I think I think we want to see in America not rely so heavily down on the wing play. And I think I mentioned this before. I think some of the best things that America has done. In these games is when they go down the middle and I think we need to explore that channel even more Mm -hmm. I think because a lot of teams already kind of assess to us playing out wide They kind of structure their game in that sense where okay Let's cover the wings and let's make sure they don't get so much play from that But in doing so they kind of leave the midfield a little bit more exposed and a little bit more spaces for us to run into
2: Yeah, I think that's why I think we see roger um, why I think roger will be a a good fit if said players can kind of create something in the middle i feel like rogers linkup play is second to none in the league and when he gets when he gets on, on on his form you know he can really create something and you know we know we know his potential we know how he is uh so definitely we can get something balling with with uh, a good combination a good link up you know we could definitely see some chances uh occur
1: oh yeah definitely dylan how um how hopeful are you for this thursday's game
0: um you know i'm i'm pretty hopeful i think you know like you kind of mentioned earlier ivan you know when when you are the institution that you are as a medica you know you're still expected to win you know i think you know every game that you play and i think you know people are going to look at this yeah you know it's a preseason it's chivas but i think people are still going to look at this as you know coming and wanting to come in and be chivas and so i feel like that's going to you know um Come into play a little bit for the team, especially whenever some if some of these youngsters do get a chance to come in and play, because you know obviously that they think they've been instilled with you know that Chivas is the rival. You know you want to go out and beat Chivas, and I feel like it's vice versa too. Chivas going to come in and like you know. America's a rival, we got to beat America. I feel like that's going to be the mentality still coming into this game, despite it being preseason. But I think preseason or not, if, anytime you get a chance to play Chivas and go out and try to beat them, that's going to be something that this team, and I think Bioho, you know, um, is going to understand heading
2: into this game still.
1: No, yeah, 100%, 100% agree with that. Anything to piggyback off of that, Christian?
2: Um, no, I think Dylan hit, hit a really good, uh, really good point. So, you know, just hopefully... You know, we get to see something uh more creative for us, uh, as a part of our team. Definitely. Now, if
1: América plays to the T to the way that we've said them that they can, how do you guys expect Chivas to react?
2: Well, for me, I think Chivas is going to going to play their game. You know, they're 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 very aggressive. They're they're very fast paced, and I think that's something uh, Tena has has instilled in them. Uh, while I don't think they have. Kind of the players to to execute what I think he wants, you know. There's still a couple of players that that are dangerous. You know, you talk, you know, Alexis Vega. You talk uh, Beltran. You know, those are players who can really change the game uh, for you in, in a switch. Um, so, being them them being on your team, it's always a threat, right? Uh, so I, I think America has has to has to really find a way to kind of contain whenever they do get under on their, on their fast pace kind of slow them down a little bit because when they get slowed down they're not really you know as effective anymore and i think that's when we can play our game a little bit more kind of control the ball you know try, 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 try to create something uh and i think with with the lincoln play in our favor i think we can surpass them and we can be better than them on the pitch
1: Definitely. So I think we're very hopeful for this Thursday, which this game is going to be broadcasted, obviously, through through today at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. That is 10 Eastern and uh, 9 Central time. So make sure you guys are glued to your TV on Thursdays. If you guys, for whatever reason, cannot watch that game, head over to Twitter and we will keep you guys up to date minute by minute on everything that is happening in the Clásico Nacional. Hopeful for this game that America flips the switch. Hopeful for America to go out and play a good game. And I think we'll read into it as much as we need to. Because I think one week away from the start of the season, I think you really need to be, okay, I'm ready to go mode. And we'll wait to see if America actually showcases that or not. One last question before we wrap all of this up. It's a classical. We know what this means for a lot of the players, especially for the players that understand this uh, more than others. How riled up or how much do you think that is actually going to be an influence in this match? Go ahead, Dylan.
0: Um, you know, just like I said, you know, some of these players are coming in with that mindset still, you know, with you got to go out and beat Chivas. You know, either way, I think it's just going to be uh, a pretty much uh, all out. Not necessarily all that game, but you know you're going to see a little bit more from these players because they're going to be playing with a little bit of passion. They're going to be playing with intensity, especially playing you know one of your rivals, um, you know, pretty close to to home. Even though it's not necessarily uh, a true home game because they're not in the Azteca, but I feel like that's how this, these players are going to feel, especially some of these youngsters, like I mentioned, you know, who have not instilled probably in their minds that you know it's Chivas. We got to go all out. We got to beat these guys. These are rivals. You know, we don't like them, so you know, it's just gonna be just gonna go out and really play with that intensity, I believe. And you know, maybe we'll see something um from this team that we've seen, you know, against in against the deluca game, you know, just trying to re grasp that form in a sense, you know, but still trying to make strides forward, uh as we try to close out this preseason heading into uh into the real season.
2: Oh well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Christian? You know, I I think that th- these players need to come in fueled. They need to come in with you know this is this is a final essentially. Uh, I think they need to give it all out because they need to prove that what happened against Cruz Azul, uh, was I guess a bad day in the office in the sense. Um, they need to come out and prove that you know they they are the team that you know the fans can rely on. Uh, to bring them a, a home a championship this year. They need to be the team that we know that they can be. So. Thursday is definitely the start of it because we don't want you know a same you know repetition of what happened against Cruz Azul. So if we want a good start to the season, I guess in a way it starts now because this is the this is the one or done. You lose, you're out. You know this is it. So I, I think this is definitely a, a huge step in some for us in in terms of the start of the season.
0: And Just- I, I, sorry, and and I kind of I kind of do agree with Christian too in terms of like you know this is. This is potentially your last preseason game. If you lose this game, you don't necessarily have another preseason game until you you start a season against uh, Pachuca, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody. But, um, you you know, you're not going to have another chance really to gel and to put um, what you've been working on in training on the pitch against another team and until then and then you know what if that team comes out and plays like it kind of has been a little bit against pachuca which you know you don't want to you want to throw off the season on the right foot with three points but you know it's just kind of i just feel like it's kind of has to be that mentality too like if you lose this is your last preseason game you probably won't get another one
1: you're right you put it perfectly and i think that has to be in the back of these players minds and like I mentioned at the, uh, you know, at the beginning of everything, the more games you get under your belt, the better off you're going to be as a team, as a player, right? The more, the more you can get minutes on the field, the better prepared you're going to be at the start of the season. So I think the players need to instill that kind of mindset. And of course, you already know what you're playing for—not just another preseason game or another opportunity to showcase to the coach, but you get to play and represent the crest, the club. And kind of your pride as a player and as a fan base, you know, that you're holding a lot on the line, even in a preseason game. Because like we mentioned, a game against Shivas is always going to be a game against Shivas. Whenever you play against your most big, biggest and bitter rivals, it's, there's no such thing as a friendly. So no. it's going to be an interesting game, that's for sure. But you guys can catch that all of that on Thursday at Tudene and also over on Twitter. If you guys haven't followed us already, make sure you guys do so. We're going to wrap it up right here because we don't want to take your time any further, but I do want to give a shout out to every single one of you guys who watched us, whether it was YouTube or Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Louie, thank you to Chris. Thank you to Kevin. Uh, our good friend, Gotti, was here. What is going on, Gotti? Hi. Um, uh, Antonio shouting uh, shouting us out all the way from Illinois. Take care, my friend. I love Chicago. And um, Anyone, Chicken Little, everyone and anyone who came out here, thank you so much for everything. And, you know, we really gratef- gratefully appreciate you guys coming out here. And for every single one of you guys listening right now on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you're mm. listening. Again, thank you so much for everything. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Christian and Dylan, again, thank you so much for coming out. I know it's been quite the week for us uh, outside of the podcast. I know it's been quite uh, quite a, a bit of a drag. but I know that we're here. We're happy. And again, thank you so much for coming out, Christian and Dylan. Wear your
2: mask, guys. Please wear your mask. Always. Be safe.
1: Definitely. All righty, guys. We'll catch you guys very soon next week. We'll be talking all things America in regards to the upcoming Guardianes 2020. And we'll guys give you guys a preview on that. We're going to try to get word whether or not the Liga Mexis Feminine is actually going to get started on that because I know I've heard rumors that it might have been pushed back. But we'll get you guys all caught up to that and everything more next week. Again make sure you guys follow us on Twitter for this Clásico Nacional. And if America makes it into the final, we hope to get you guys more content in that sense as well. Take care. As Christian said, wear a mask. Like Dylan said, take care. Be careful out there. As always, take care. Until next time, Arriba America.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English.